we have seen the mistakes that the church has made in the past and that that makes us want to take a pass on moving forward. It makes us want to sort of tap out because we would rather do nothing than make the same mistakes that we've made in the past. But I think that the grace of Jesus and the recognition that he's way ahead of us in this conversation is what can draw us forward. Reconciliation. I think it includes uh, recognition of, of history and what has happened in the past, and it also includes looking forward to the future and how we can make things as good as possible. To step out of your comfort zone, to confront your unconscious bias, and to enter into the world of the other. Hi, I'm Heather Peters, and this is Reconcile Everyday Conversations, a podcast from Mennonite Central Committee, Saskatchewan. Our first episode features Tara Anderson. I thought Tara would be a good person to interview because I had noticed she was showing up at lots of reconciliation events. I had also heard that she was a leader for a group of young people from her church that went to an Indigenous community each spring to immerse themselves in living and learning together. Tara has two small kids, works at the university, and is married to a pastor, so I imagine her life is full and busy. Yet she appeared to be immersing herself into understanding Indigenous history and culture. I was curious why and what she had learned along the way. I'm here with Joel Craker, who has recorded and edited this podcast. Joel, why did you think Tara's conversation would be a good one to start our podcast series with? I thought her story was really accessible. Noticing the term reconciliation and places outside the church and being curious about that. Figuring out what reconciliation can mean in the different places within our society. Speaking openly about the awkwardness of this learning curve and her passion about everything she has gleaned along the way. Tara also offered concrete examples of how to get involved in reconciliation. She was just a great example of what this podcast is all about. We invited Tara into our home to talk about five questions. How would you define reconciliation? What experiences have led you to this understanding? What is the role of grace within reconciliation? How would you invite people onto the journey? And finally, why is reconciliation important to you? Let's listen to her reflections now. My name is Tara Anderson, and I am a part of Lakeview Church here in Saskatoon, which is a free Methodist church, and my husband is one of the pastors there. My connection with MCC, I feel like, has been slowly growing and building over the last few years, but I think it really just boils down to a lot of the folks at MCC having friendships and relationships with um, a lot of 
us over at Lakeview as well as a few of the staff members attending our church. For me, I feel like the word reconciliation, originally my first encounter with it was often in sort of the Second Corinthians ministry of reconciliation context, that idea of reconciling to God and um, us being ambassadors of the ministry of reconciliation. And so I think that that was, you know, the framework, the schema that I, I started out with when it comes to the word reconciliation. And um, for me, it was around 2015 when I started just to see the word reconciliation bubble up in all kinds of different contexts and settings that were not faith-based and had nothing to do with Second Corinthians. And so I think that that really was a part of what piqued my curiosity as to like, what's going on here where our society is using the word reconciliation all the time? And, and just that idea that um, it just wasn't a word that I was used to seeing in different settings like at the university or at the education setting or, um, you know, in government conversations and things like that. So I think that the the term reconciliation, the ideas behind it for me have really evolved over time. And I've, I've come to understand that reconciliation is a, a conversation that's unfolding in Canada in lots of different ways when it comes to the application of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and how we build better relationships with Indigenous people. The word reconciliation is really complex and it carries a lot of weight and it can be um, a word that we use in lots of different ways and there are times where that becomes overwhelming and so as I think about what my definition of reconciliation is I think I've tried to maintain something that I can grasp and something that I can work towards and so for me it really I try to use the word to capture the idea of just building respectful relationships and friendships with Indigenous people. didn't know a lot about the reconciliation conversation. Um, In in 2015, I started reading more about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and understanding what its goals and purposes were. And that was pretty new for me. I had not um, had an awareness of residential schools or many of the injustices that Indigenous people faced in Canada before um, I started down that path in, in about 2015. And so for me, some of the initial experiences were really just reading um, and trying to find resources to help me gain some understanding in terms of what, what actually is being reconciled and why do we need to work towards this together. Um, so I, I think some of my most initial experiences were, were really things like reading the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's final summary report and um, just gaining more understanding as to the context that we find ourselves in Canada now and why so much of the um, work that we're doing is necessary and, and where we really find ourselves in the context that we're in in Canada now. 
And then I think that those experiences continue to be shaped by um, having the opportunity to do something like the Kairos blanket exercise where I learned more about the history of what has unfolded in Canada or being a part of um, just a conversation at our church where there was a representative from the Office of the Treaty Commissioner talking about culture and talking about his experiences here in Canada. Um, and those things, I think, began to shape my perspectives initially. And those experiences, I think, really led me to um, just realizing how much I didn't know and how many gaps I had to fill in. And so for me, um, something that has been really, I would say, instrumental in shaping this journey for me has just been reaching out to people in my life who are further down this path than I am and who I know are resources in in that way to me. So um, just striking up intentional conversations with people who I know are on this path and asking questions that are really awkward sometimes to ask and feel scary because it feels like I should already know the answer to it or maybe I shouldn't ask it at all. But just finding those safe spaces to have conversations and to begin to continue to realize that there's lots of people who um, are on this journey and who um, can can really be helpful in making me um, more clear on what it is that I can I can do or how I can move forward in a helpful way. And so I think that that really has led me to another experience that has been really shaping for me in my journey towards reconciliation. And that's been being able to be a part of an experience where we've led a team of young adult students to um, a reserve here in Saskatchewan called Beardies and Okamasa's First Nation um, through some connections that already existed and a friend of ours who had had a meaningful presence on the reserve for a number of years and being able to join together with him and the work that he's doing and be a part of um, a really wonderful community and just spend some time on the reserve, getting to know a lot of the people who make the community so wonderful, learning a lot about cultural experiences and um, just seeing um, people who are really passionate about building into their families and their communities, um, the value of language and language retention and learning language that's just so core to their community. And those experiences, I feel like, have been incredibly shaping in terms of helping really just um, not only provide me with lots of opportunities to learn information and grow in my understanding, but also just get to know people who... um, who are different than me and who have had different experiences and just be able to talk and spend time together and um, have fun and be able to share experiences that allow us to just, uh, yeah, just like have space together and to make meaningful memories. And um, sometimes there's not necessarily an outcome or an agenda in mind and I think that that's part of what has been really important is recognizing we don't always know what the next 
um, big thing is going to be. We don't necessarily know where we need to end up or what the outcome that we're desiring is, but sometimes it just means being able to take whatever the step is that's in front of us that we can see and that we've been able to discern um, forward. And so I feel really grateful that there's been lots of people who are are on this journey and who are ahead of me and who have been um, really instrumental in being able to allow me to enter in in a meaningful way. There was an elder who welcomes us to his land and we're able to sleep in teepees and and just hang out and experience some uh, cultural ceremonies and different things. But one of the evenings, he just invited some of the guys over to watch hockey at his house and just be able to sit together and watch a game and hang out and have fun and and that's really I think um, at the heart of a lot of it is just is just being able to find yourself in spaces where you are getting to know each other and um, you recognize that that relationship is really just the most important part so um, and I think the other thing that I think of is um, when we're at Beardies the a lot of times the gym is just open in the evenings and Tons of the kids just come and play volleyball and our young adults and the kids from Beardies just hang out and play volleyball together and have fun and laugh. And um, I just think it's been such a cool way to connect and and just, yeah, I think that having fun together has been has been really important and has been, I think, one of the really foundational experiences for everybody in terms of just feeling like... Um, it's not, it's not necessarily that hard to do when you just hang out and, and connect in that way. Grace was a big part of what has allowed me to enter in because as I learned about the injustices that Indigenous people faced in Canada, I, I think that I experienced what would probably be a pretty normal experience in that my automatic response was a lot of guilt and a lot of shame, um, both for what happened, but also for having gone so long without knowing. And just that recognition that I was in the dark that whole time and I didn't I didn't have the right framework, I didn't really have the right context to understand why things are the way they are and what all had happened to lead up to that point. And so um, as I learned, I think that my temptation was to respond to that guilt and shame by just just leaving it behind and and not pursuing any further because it, it I think it can be um, stifling. And so I think that I've had to apply that grace right from the get-go in recognizing that that I needed that grace to be able to move forward. And then I think that the other way that I think grace has been so applicable is in recognizing that by having fears of doing harm or of making a mistake or of doing something wrong, that that can paralyze us from doing anything and that that can be... Um, so debilitating that we we don't know what to do we don't want to make a mistake we don't want to um 
hurt anyone. And especially, I think, when we're operating under the banner of faith, I think that that becomes even more true, that we have um, an awareness of the historical injustices and the damage that's been done in the past and and that that fear of potentially um, uh, potentially contributing to that by doing something wrong can stop us from doing anything. I think that there are times that we have seen the mistakes that the church has made in the past and that that makes us want to take a pass on moving forward. It makes us want to sort of tap out because we would rather do nothing than make the same mistakes that we've made in the past. But I think that the grace of Jesus and the recognition that he's way ahead of us in this conversation is what can draw us forward. And also that recognition that we aren't going to be perfect in this journey, that we're going to make mistakes sometimes and we're not going to know what to do and there's going to be a lot of times that are awkward or uncomfortable or make us feel embarrassed and we just need to be like okay with that sometimes like I know for me there's been times where like for example um, we were a part of an elders panel and there's a protocol where you offer tobacco when somebody is sharing knowledge with you who is from an indigenous culture and so I offered tobacco to the people who I thought were a part of the panel, but I, I missed one person who ended up contributing really meaningfully to the conversation. And so I, I felt like, oh no, like I didn't offer him tobacco and I should have known ahead of time. And like, I was sitting there like, what do I do now? I don't know. And so I just went up to him after and said, you know, I'm really sorry. I, I should have offered you tobacco initially, like I did with everyone else. And so I offered him tobacco and just thanked him for his contribution. And he was like so wonderful and gracious and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. And it was just a matter of like being able to like lean into that awkwardness and that like embarrassment a little bit and just recognize like, we don't always know what we're doing here. And sometimes we're going to do it wrong and that's okay sometimes. And that doesn't mean that we should never try. There's lots of different ways to enter into the conversation but for me like I said a really meaningful part of my initial journey was just reading the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's final summary and that's something that is um, you know a pretty easy first step we can access it at the library and that's something that you can do on your own and I think that it's uh, a really important way to get your bearings and understand um, sort of why why this conversation matters and and the history behind what's unfolded in Canada. Um, so that's, I think, a great way for somebody who's really not sure what to do next to just kind of dip your toes in the water. And then the second thing I would I would say, um, that has been really meaningful for me that I would encourage people to do is have those conversations with people in your life who you know are already on this journey. Um, I think it's just a matter of of seeking them out and finding some time and space to have an intentional conversation and ask questions and learn about, you know, what's motivated them and what has been 
some experiences that have shaped their journey towards reconciliation, especially I would say for, for those of us who, you know, who are settlers, who have a colonial perspective, just learning about like, what have you done to learn more about this conversation and what has been formative in your experiences? And, and I think that that helps us understand potentially some steps forward, but I think it also links us together in a meaningful way and it allows us to um, learn from each other and and also to, like I said, have some of those hard conversations that you don't necessarily want to have but are probably an important part of being able to move forward in, in a helpful way. And then the last thing that I think about for me that's been part of what's shaped my journey that I would encourage people towards is just um, just showing up and just finding ways to be together with Indigenous people in lots of different kinds of settings. It can be something really easy like going to an event in the community like the Walk for Reconciliation or a lecture or a talk or um, you know anything like that that's going on where there's an opportunity to connect with Indigenous people. But I would also say, um, yeah, just, just finding other other spaces where you can just be together, where you can have conversations, you can rub shoulders and just be able to start to um, connect. Because if we're not in the same space and place, then it's it's probably going to be very difficult to build relationships. And, and so I think it really just does start out with just showing up and taking that step to to be in places maybe where you wouldn't usually find yourself um, so that you can work towards those opportunities that maybe eventually will lead into meaningful relationships. For me, this journey has been um, very much compelled by what I understand about Jesus and the way that he lived and I think that he Jesus often um, really had a heart for injustice and for um, just being the architect of peace and of reconciliation and so I I feel like he cared a lot about people who had a really raw deal and when I look around and I consider the places in my life and the the city that we find ourselves in and, and our country, I, I think that in, in a lot of ways, Indigenous people have had a really raw deal. And I think that the Holy Spirit continues to compel me to um, dig into this conversation. And like I said, there's lots of times where it's felt like really confusing for me as to why because I I feel so ill-equipped and unprepared and I feel like I have nothing to offer Um, but I also think that that doesn't mean we get to just walk away and so trusting that as we um, work together to to make a path forward that that the Holy Spirit is already ahead of us and that it's um, it's going to be scary and it's going to be difficult at times, but that um, that I I genuinely really deeply believe in the local church and I believe that we have um, 
to reconcile for ourselves and that we need to um, continue to dig into the things that are hard and the complexities that we find in this conversation so that um, so that we can move forward in a way that I think is reflective of the heart that Jesus would have for this conversation. long-term journey and that there's no one thing that we can do to accomplish reconciliation or to lead towards reconciliation but recognizing that the work that we're doing and the efforts that we put in will hopefully continue to make a path towards reconciliation in the future knowing that it's not an outcome that we're going to be able to achieve through one action or another action, but that it's important to recognize the, the future implications of the groundwork that we're laying right now. appreciated during our conversation with Tara was her curiosity in exploring reconciliation. She highlights the complexities and length of reconciliation, but also notes some of the more accessible places of entry, sharing space, having conversations, and showing up at events. Yeah, and I liked her willingness to name guilt, shame, and fear as barriers to even engage in growing our understanding of reconciliation. I think this is really where people do get stuck. Within the conversation, Tara mentions reading the final Truth and Reconciliation Commission report, participating in the Kairos Blanket Exercise, which is an experiential look at Canadian history from an Indigenous perspective, and she talks about hearing a speaker from the Office of the Treaty Commission, so there are links to all these things in our show notes or contact us at mccsk.ca for more information. Subscribe to our podcast to hear more conversations on reconciliation. This has been Reconcile, Everyday Conversations, a podcast from Mennonite Central Committee, Saskatchewan. Thank you for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you.